T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham, and on the show this time, we're going to learn about all the amazing charity work that the Elks do. On the show this time, I would like to welcome back Kurt Baker. Kurt is the exalted ruler of the Milwaukee-Portland Elks Lodge. Hey there, Kurt. Hello there. So the uh, Portland-Milwaukee, uh, um, it's the other way around, the Milwaukee-Portland Elks Lodge. It was They were separate at one time, weren't they? Well, what happened is uh, the 118-year-old Portland Elks Lodge, 142, and the 57-year-old Milwaukee Lodge, uh, number 2032, merged back in 2015, forming the new Milwaukee-Portland Elks Lodge, number 142. And where are you guys located? We're just two blocks north of the Bomber Restaurant or at the end of the Max Orange Line on McLaughlin Boulevard. So that's officially, it's kind of... Right between Milwaukee and Portland, right? Or is it officially in Milwaukee? We're in the unincorporated uh, <laughs> section, just just past Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a really interesting history about the Elks. Tell me about the history. When did this all start? Quite a long time ago. Oh, it's yes. Back in the fall of 1867, there was a young entertainer that came over from England and arrived in New York City seeking his fortune. Uh, the day uh, of arrival, young uh, David Vivian was his name walked into the Star Theater and Chop House for a pint of ale after his uh, voyage. As luck would have it, the local singer did not show up, so Vivian volunteered to step in as the evening's entertainment, and the owner there was so impressed with the guy that they hired him on the spot. Back uh, back then, entertainers worked six days a week, so so there was, uh, there was no drinking on Sundays or dancing on Sundays. It was called the Blue Law, uh, so they, you know, they... They would work hard all for six days and then get together on the seventh day. Isn't that funny? There was no dancing on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> well. Back in 1867, there was a lot of different laws than we're accustomed to today. <laughs> <laughs> so how how did the Elks kind of spread west? Well, you know, you asked me first about uh, how they, you know, how we really got started. Um, the the fifth, there was 15 of the entertainers got together on Sunday. They brought their own food and drink and enjoyed an evening of song and cheer. They called themselves the Jolly Corks, uh, which was named after a local bar trick, which if you have another 20 minutes, I'll talk to you about that, but that's another story. <laughs> um, in December, one of the original Corks had passed away, leaving the young, uh, the wife and the two young children uh, broken penniless just before Christmas. So each evening, each Sunday, they all got together, and after the party was over, they packed up all the remaining food and collected a few dollars and, and sent it over to the young family to get, you know, get by for, you know, for the winter. That was the actually unofficial origin of where the Elks came from, was the, the sharing and the charity. The, uh, the Jolly Corks grew in popularity uh, over, over the next couple months. Uh, the 15 turned to 30, turned to, turned to 50, and in January of 1868, a young, when the group reached over 100 people, the local constables came over and said, you're going to have to either break up or organize because you're turning into a mob. So on February 16, 1868, the group uh, elected officers wrote and approved the bylaws 
and on a vote of eight to seven, officially named themselves uh, an organization as the Benevolent and Protective Order Belt. So eight out of seven, a vote of eight to seven. How, I wonder why the other seven didn't want to be called the Elks. Well, the, the, the loser was actually the Buffalo. Oh. And there were, there were a couple of reasons why they didn't choose the Buffalo. One is uh, Vivian, who came from England, was in the, uh, 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 the Tubian Order of Buffalo, and they don't want to be associated with another or- organization. Plus, the buffalo was not really a U.S. Uh, animal. It's, it's uh, bison is what you know is an animal, and the buffalo was not you know, originally from the United States. Uh-huh. So they didn't want to be the order of buffalo. So they just let the, uh, I guess, let the Flintstones have that uh, name. Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all remember the, the Flintstones episodes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's well, funny. They, a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of TV programs out there that have a lot of uh, parallels to what the Elks, you know, has had done over the last 150 years. Yeah, you guys have done a lot. Uh, tell me about some of the charity work that you do do. Oh, there's there's so many things. Uh, we have both local and state and re- and national charities that we're involved with. For example, some of the... Uh, some of the uh, national charities are, are the veterans. Uh, we, we have a saying is, so long as there are veterans, the Elks will never forget them. Each lodge uh, helps veterans in so many ways, uh, from our lodge all, all the way across the country. Uh, for our lodge, just as one example, on November 7th, we're going to have an open meeting to honor those men and women who served our country. Um, it's actually at 7.30, and all are welcome. But uh, we're here to uh, say thank you. Thank you for your service. We have uh, uh, other some state programs we have. One is the uh, Children's Eye Clinic up at the KCI Institute. Uh, this is a state-mandated manda- charity. That means that all lodges in Oregon, all 50 lodges in Oregon, uh, collect ter- uh, terrible dollars and, and by various means to support the cl- eye clinic uh, to help underprivileged children with needy, uh, needed operations. Yeah, since this program started in 1977, when a member from the Springfield Lodge uh, had to go to St. Louis for a uh, eye operation for his child. When he got back, he says, "That's crazy. Why do we have to go to you know out of state? Why can't we have it here?" So he started the the program, and it and it flourished from there. Elk's always ready to step up and help. Uh, since 1977, we've raised over 30 million dollars for this uh, organization. In fact, they're building a new children's eye clinic up on the hill. And the Elks, uh, State Elks Association has committed to raise $15 million for that building. Wow. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Just one of the many things that the Elks do. <laughs> um, we have a lot of state, state charities. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the Meadowood Springs Speech and Hearing Camp outside Western Oregon. It's up in the Blue Mountains. Elks from across the state raise money uh, to help uh, send children to camp. Uh, the camp, um, and also in Memorial Weekend, uh, 250 elks from across the state uh, go in to help clear trails and get things spruce up for the summer. There's a, it's a camp for children with speech and hearing impair, uh, impairments or problems. Um, they say that a child that goes to a two-week summer camp at Camp Meadowood is better than having four years of treatment and therapy in the city. Wow. Recently, the camp has expanded uh, to help uh, autistic children. I mean, so, I mean, we go on and on and on. Some of our local ones, uh, the Care and Share Food Program is coming up in December. Uh, we, uh, throughout the year, we gather uh, food and, and money donations to put together uh, uh, 
food baskets and toys for children uh, in the Milwaukee area. The, uh, I think we delivered over 500 of these uh, food baskets, which included turkey and canned foods and bread and, and uh, vegetables and, and the toys for the, you know, for the young ones. That's uh, a very needy program. Uh, we have Backpack Buddy Program. It's another one where we collect food uh, every week during the school year for elementary school children that are in that po- poverty level. There's a lot of children out there that go that go home hungry on, on, on or go home Friday and eat don't eat all weekend. So they come to school very hungry and, and they don't eat until the school lunch program at at, at school. So Elks and, and many other organizations across the country uh, put together these. Uh, these well, they used to be you know. Uh, Backpacks. Uh, now they're, they're, they're bags uh, full of eight uh, meals for the children to eat during the weekend. We have 112 children that we sponsor uh, through our lodge. Wow, such great work you guys do. So involved <laughs> in the community. Just a little bit. Yeah, just yes. a little. Yes, I mean, that is, uh, that's what we're here for. Um, we have, uh, oh, where do, I, where do I go from here? I mean, there's so many things. We do scholarship programs uh, for children. They all have, uh, every, every fall, they do, uh, people will sign up, uh, children will sign up, high school children will sign up for uh, scholarship programs, and then we judge them based on their, their essays they write and their community service uh, that they put together and uh, everything else that they do, you know, with their, including good grades. And, you know, the competition's stiff. Each lodge in the state, actually, each lodge in the country has this program where we award our first, second, and third place boys and first, second, third place girls in each lodge. The first place winners go and compete in the Metro. The Metro, and then they win a little bit more money. The winners of Metro go to state, and then the regional, and finally national. First place winners of the national uh, scholarship program get a free ride through college. I think it's over forty thousand dollars a year that they that they get uh, with this scholarship program. So I mean, we help the needy, we help feed the, the, the poor, we help uh, put in, put other programs together. And I think our big one within the local lodge is our is our Fear Asylum Haunted House. Hmm, that is coming up, right? It's hard to yeah, believe. That was- that was coming up in about ten days here. <laughs> we've uh, we've been having such incredible, incredibly nice fall weather that it's hard to believe that Halloween is a month away. Oh, the ghosts and goblins don't think it's Halloween. <laughs> they're coming they anyway, right? They're they're there and waiting for everybody to show up. <laughs> we are talking today with Kurt Baker, exalted ruler of the Milwaukee Portland Elks Lodge. Now, before we get into the 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 haunt, I want to hear about the lodge itself. You're one of the largest in the country, aren't you? We are. We are. We are. Uh, 63,000 square feet, a three-story building on 5.7 acres of land. Uh, a lot of parking, which uh, I know the folks at TriMet uh, use during the day, during the week. And uh, we have an, uh, a back building, uh, which we call the Annex, which uh, where our Boy Scouts hang out. And they have their meetings. We have a very beautiful uh, picnic grounds and a full um, barbecue and restrooms and things like that back there. We have a, a junior Olympic-sized swimming pool, which, which attracts a lot of new members every year. Um, in our three stories of building, we probably have, have been told we have the largest parquet dance floor in the state. Uh, we have a eight-lane bowling alley and a beautiful hardwood basketball court and 
Wow. On and on. <laughs> Hard room. <laughs> you have a lot of stuff. What don't you have? That probably that's a shorter list. <laughs> what we don't have is six thousand members. <laughs> at, our, at our heyday, about uh, oh uh, thirty, forty years ago, we had close to five, six thousand members in really? the lodge. We'd have a turkey shoot program, which is also coming up in second week in November, where they would not only fill up our parking lot, but they would jam McLaughlin Boulevard. They'd be parking down the streets. Uh, that whole building would be packed to the, to the seams. Uh, one thing, like all fraternal organizations, is we need new members. We need other people to come and enjoy our facilities, but more importantly, help us with our community and, and charitable events. Well, let's talk about that. How, how does one become an elk? There's three main requirements. Um, you have to be over 21 years of age. You have to believe in a higher power. You know, it doesn't have to be my God, but you, can, but you have to believe in, in, in a, you know, a higher power. And you, you, know, you have to be of good moral standards. That's the three main requirements. Uh, of course, you have to be a U.S. citizen also. Okay. Because we are a very patriotic group. Which yeah, for sure. On <laughs> with, yeah. with veterans and Flag Day and, and other you know, ceremonies. But, uh, and then uh, you come in, it, it, we'd like to have you sponsored by another elk, and uh, come in, and after you pay a $25 application fee, and uh, it, you know, you're, you check out, which is a pretty simple process go through an orientation to find out what we're all about, and then after initiation evening, you are a member in all good standings with all rights and privileges as any other member, including myself, within that lodge. And uh, it's up to you as a new member to get involved in the different charities and the different uh, volunteer opportunities to make our lodge strong. And you take men and women are all involved in the Elks, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's still a few good old boys out there, that, uh, but that's a dying breed. Uh, the laws were changed within our order over 25 years ago, I think. And uh, our lecturing night, uh, Jennifer, is uh, just a real pistol. She's uh, public relations chairman and, and does so well, uh, as, as well as all our other members. What's your favorite part of being an elk, Kurt? The companionship. The friendship, the, the how people work together and play together. You know, it's like going into the old Cheers bar. You know, you walk yeah. in and everyone says Norm. Yeah, <laughs> everyone says Kurt. Yeah, so <laughs> that's great. We're all we're all friends uh, for a common goal. Um, it's it's safe. It's a uh, you know, it's a safe environment, uh, from especially what's going on out there in the world today. We, uh, for the most part, always respect each other and <laughs> play. Play fair, play, <laughs> play nice with each other, but uh, yeah, I think that's the the biggest part. And the and the you get that benefit, and the and the results are more people working together to help out our our, our events. We, you know, there's there's just so much to go on and on and on about as yeah. far as the, some of the things that we do. Well, let's talk about the, the the scary thing that's coming up. You guys are are known. You've got one of the most famous haunted houses in the entire area. Let's talk about it. What's what's going on this year? Kind of kind of fun, actually. Um, yeah, eight years ago, somebody you know said we're we don't have any money. We need to raise money uh, any way and every way. And uh, did a little research, and someone said, "Boy, that downstairs is awful scary. You ought to have a haunted house." So through due diligence of research, we put one together and. We made a few dollars. It wasn't a lot, but we made a few. But uh, everybody really liked it. And then now we're in year eight, and everybody loves it. <laughs> um, 
there's an organization called 31 Haunts in 31 Days, and they've voted us, voted us number one in five states for the last two years wow. as the best haunt. Now, we don't have the animatronics or the, the planned scares. What we have is over 200 volunteers coming together, coming out of every nook and cranny to give you a good fright. Uh, and the best part of all this, I mean, it's a scary, and, and it's not recommended for children under 13 because it's just too scary. Wow. But the best part is the money that you that you give or you, you pay for to, to do this haunt goes back into the community, to our lodge and to our charities. So we, we scare the money out of you, but then we put it back for a good cause. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and the volunteers do a lot of the scaring, right? All of it. All of yeah. it. We have no paid staff in our, in our haunt. You know, everything is out of the goodness of the hearts of, of our community. Uh, we're well-known in community. I, I can't tell you, of the 200, I cannot tell you how many high school kids or college kids are helping out with the haunt. We'll have, we'll have a, young, uh, a young adult in the room scaring, but her or his parent will be right next door. So it's a family affair as well. Um, you never know what's going to come around at the corner when you, when you come around the corner because it is uh, quite intense because there's so many people <laughs> coming at you. Um, <laughs> our, our theme this year is called uh, Circus of the Damned. Ooh. So I don't know if you've ever seen a circus gone bad, but uh, if you, <laughs> this is the time to go see it. Well, I, that, I, I'm imagining there's going to be lots of creepy clowns around then, right? Not too many. There may be <laughs> one or two sprinkled around, but no, this is not a clown event. This There's a lot more to a circus than clowns. All right. So uh, you'll be surprised, because uh, you are coming through, aren't you? Of course. Okay, you'll be surprised when you get down here all the different ways a, a circus can go bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, are, do you participate? Do you put on all the, the scary garb and, and jump out of a, a closet or something? Oh, eight years ago, I was kind of the originator of the haunt. So, I yes, I not only planned it, operated it, but I was always decked out. Now, I think it's more of a cameo effect. Yes, I do... Uh, I, I don't. I can't make it every night, but I I am there several nights with the full full outfit on, and and I will attempt to uh, see if I can make you run a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the scaring happens inside the lodge, right? And a lot of it happens outside. That's it's kind of scary everywhere. Let's just say the the haunt starts when you get out of your car, mm. and it ends when you get back in your car. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So it's it's not a go into the building, boo, and then go home. It's a, a full effect, a full effect of haunt. <laughs> this is, sounds pretty creepy. Well, yeah, I'll get you my my haunt laugh here next. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're good. You're good at that. You got some practice. What are the dates and times for the for the haunt this year? Well, it's every weekend in October. So starting uh, the. My calendar on the 5th of October. To help me out here. Yep, that Friday. is the 5th. Friday yeah, the 5th. Friday the 5th is opening night. Fridays and Saturdays at 7 to 11 p.m. Sundays at 6 to 9 p.m. So I want to get the, the school kids back home in before curfew. But uh, every, every weekend, and I always suggest folks come in early because those lines do get long, especially later in the month. We really want the full effect Come in the first weekend or the first two weekends um, and, and enjoy the full haunt and uh, not, 
and have to stand in a little longer lines. The uh, cost is only $15 per person. There is uh, some $2 coupons floating around out there, so keep an eye on for, out for those. And I believe uh, Portland Perks is uh, doing a, uh, a promotion with us as yeah. well. So you can uh, listen to the radio for, for the Portland Perks uh, so you can get them at half price. That's great. It's going to be a, a good one this year. I just have this feeling that's it's going to be extra terrifying. Well, they said that you guys are good. What are you going to do next year to, to step it up? And uh, everybody that's putting it together are kind of smiling, saying, yes, I think we have. <laughs> are tickets available on-site? Is that where you get them, or can you buy them in advance? Uh, this is where I'm, I'm not absolutely positive on the on the advance. Yes, you can buy them on-site, come down and, and, and pick them up. I know they were working on it on-site, but and I did not get that information. All right. But, uh, keep an eye open. Uh, you can check us out at uh, Fear Asylum, which is our Facebook page, or fearasylumhauntedattraction.com is our website. You can call the office, uh, Lodge office at 503-654-9588. Are you Denver. still... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you still looking for volunteers to help out with the haunt this year? Volunteers are always needed. Uh, this is a very secure haunted house, which means uh, we have to get information, and every every person has to fill out a form. Um, children under the age of uh, I think 18 have to have a parental permission slip. Uh, we we do uh, background checks uh, for for folks. The uh, when we're they're volunteering, and you have to go to at least one orientation meeting before you can, you're allowed to go in as the haunt. Um, they do require for uh, volunteers to commit at least six nights to um, in order to to do this. Like I said, this is very popular, and there's a lot of people that want to participate. Yeah. But uh, there are rules and regulations that we adhere to. Um, our best friend is the state fire marshal. Uh, we make sure that everything is up to code and uh, that we, we obey all laws, rules, uh, regulations that are that are required on us on uh, haunted houses. So, with the money you raised during the the haunt this year, what do you what do you guys do with that money? Well, we put it we put it back into our charity events. Uh, we we dole out a lot of the different funds with the different charities as, uh, as we talked about earlier. Uh, we have a program where uh, if you're doing a charity event within the, within the lodge, we'll actually match the charity um, for, let's say Karen Chair has makes $1,000 on a, on, a, on a charity evening, uh, that the, we'll put an additional $1,000 against that charity, so an incentive to, to grow the money. But long story short, all the money we raise goes back into our lodge and back into the charities that we work on and, and, uh, and help the community with. Awesome. So this year it's Circus of the Damned. Give me the dates one more time. When when can we, we get scared at the Milwaukee Portland Elks Lodge? Yeah, starting October 5, 6, and 7, and 12, 13, 14, 19, 20, 21, 26, 27, and the final is the 28th. So every weekend in the month of October, you can get your pants scared off at the Milwaukee-Portland Elks Lodge. Weather permitting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you don't do it on Halloween. No. Uh, after all, you know, Wednesdays we 
cut that out. And people wanted to uh, have fun at home. We actually have one that's called a trunk or treat evening. A trunk or treat, which means uh, we are a safe environment. So we'll have a lot of the members uh, pass out candy in the, in the trunk of their car out in the front of the building. Nice. So, uh, yeah, there's always a half a dozen, dozen or more cars out there with uh, the little ones can bring their, their costumes to, to our lodge and, uh, and get some candy. Well, you guys are always doing such great work. Thanks again for being on the show, Kurt. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to let, us, uh, let me talk a little bit about something that we all love so dearly. I don't know if you know about the, uh, the two degrees of Elkdom. I don't. That, that means that everybody anywhere knows somebody that's an elk with yeah. two degrees. If it's not your father, brother, neighbor, it's your, your, it's your friend of a father, brother, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody knows Elkdom, and, uh, you know, it's just we need uh, more support and, and more people to step up and help us out. So I ask everybody on your, on your radio stations to come uh, join us and become an elk. Awesome. We've been talking today with Kurt Baker, exalted ruler of the Milwaukee-Portland Elks Lodge. Thanks again, Kurt. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Metroscope is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.